We're trying to conduct a serious scientific investigation. Science, logic, reason. Do you have any hard data? Now, that's what I call science. You're listening to That's What I Call Science, the weekly radio show and podcast bringing you big ideas from the small island of Tasmania. The show is proudly supported by Edge Radio, Hobart's premium youth station. So head to edgeradio.org.au for more information on the good things that they're doing. My name's Dr. Neve Chapman and I'm the weekly host of That's What I Call Science. And today we're bringing you something really special as we're out in the community at the Science and Engineering Challenge um, in Hobart. I'd like to begin today's episode by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which we are recording, the Palawa people, as well as the traditional owners wherever you are listening from. On behalf of everyone, I pay my respects to elders past and present. So, as I said, today we'll be talking about the Science and Engineering Challenge. The challenge is an outreach program aimed at changing students' perceptions of science and engineering, very much like Twix likes to do. So through the challenge, students experience aspects of these disciplines, which they would not usually see in a school environment. By participating in the challenge, students see that science and engineering involves creativity, innovation, problem solving and teamwork. The challenge aims to inspire students to consider a future career in science or engineering by choosing to study subjects such as maths, physics and chemistry in years 11 and 12. In Tasmania, the challenge is coordinated by the University of Tasmania in collaboration with the University of Newcastle and is supported by the Rotary International Clubs in Hobart, Launceston and Northwest Tasmania with generous financial support from the Tasmanian government, Taswater and the University of Tasmania. The Science and Engineering Challenge is a set of fun and competitive hands-on activities involving principles of science, engineering and technology. The concept is to immediately engage students in the activity with a minimum of introduction and theory so they can get their hands dirty right away. Participating schools select their representative teams of between 24 and 32 students from years 9 and 10. A total of eight different activities are set for each day. Every school allocates three or four students to each activity. The students are encouraged to explore scientific principles for themselves, so it's very much independent learning, problem solving and working together. Teams are divided into eight groups that compete in one full day or two half day activities. Points are scored and tallied and the winning school on that day qualifies for the state final. And then that winning team has the opportunity to compete at the national level. A competitive environment is created as representative school teams are pitted against each other and against the clock in a range of science and engineering tasks. So today, our feature show is going to be interviewing the students that have been taking part in the challenge to hear what they've learned, what they've enjoyed most, and also what they think their chances are of maybe taking the top prize. So stay with us and we'll be talking to some really inspiring young students. You're listening to That's What I Call Science, and today we're bringing you an extra special episode where we are talking to some inspiring young students who are taking part in something that sounds very difficult, folks. They're taking part in the Science and Engineering Challenge. Jack, can you please tell me what school you're from, what year you're in, and who is with us? I'm from Montrose Bay High School. I'm in grade nine, and we've got Caitlin and Jasmine here from Montrose. Great. And have you just been here today? Yes. Awesome. Right. So, Jasmine, could you tell me what tasks you've done today? Today I'm on the bridge building challenge and that's a full day activity where we pretty much get our materials and we have to build a bridge that holds the heaviest weight. How do they measure which weight? Do you you know that yet or are you Um, just 
There's like a little train and it co- it holds like weights. So how many people are you trying to do that challenge with? Um, we've got a team of four and there's about 10 other teams. Oh. Trying to compete. How are you going about making the strongest bridge? Um, we were looking at like the shapes of bridges around Tasmania and how they have like lots of art shapes and curves. And we thought well, maybe that would be a bit stronger. That's cool. So did you know that you were going to be making a bridge before you came or have you just had to think of all of this on the spot? Um, We did the bridge building one challenge last year and we weren't the best so we thought we'll give it another go. I like that. So you've come back and you're like, we're going to be even better this year. So since last year you've been studying bridges around the state, making notes. That's awesome. So what do you think you've learnt as part of this challenge? Um, We learnt a lot more about how we need to focus on measuring the shapes and not just go to build a bridge because last year we kind of struggled with that. That's cool. And then how, like, you're in a team of four. How have you gone about making sure, like, each of you are doing something or, like, what elements of teamwork have you used? Um, You get this piece of paper and we were writing down who did what part of the bridge because I was doing the main centre structure and then part of my group were doing the joins and the sides and the top. And then the moment of truth will be later when they try and put that train on. Yeah. Awesome. So, Caitlin, what have you been doing? What Um, challenge, task? Uh, my group's been doing a challenge where we have to build a tower that holds different weights and it has to make sure that it doesn't fall down. So is that a bit like the bridge challenge or does your tower also get points for being taller? Uh, the tower also gets points for being taller um, it, and it has to be at least 35 centimetres tall and it can't be any taller than 70. Okay, so then what kind of things do you need to think about when you're trying to make sure it can hold weight? Well, since we have limited amounts of materials, we have to make sure that it's strong enough while also being tall enough at the same time so sometimes taller isn't better yeah that's interesting so what do you think you've learned from the challenge so far different shapes are stronger than others so like a square with four contact points would be better at holding up the top but at the bottom having only three contact points with a triangle would be sturdier I did not know that that's very interesting how do you think your chances are of like doing well in this challenge in that task well it was going well, but then it kind of flopped. <laughs> Did it flop like as more weight was put onto it? Uh, or Yeah, we only got one weight on and then it just fell over. Oh dear, there's some structural problems. <laughs> so do you have time to fix some of those and go back to the drawing board? Uh, or is no. it move on to the next task? I think we're moving on to the next task. Awesome. So Jack, what have you been doing? I've been making a hand which has to pick up certain objects. A hand? Yeah. Like How? So it's made out of straws and string. Wow. And it's on a wrist mount, which is made out of PVC pipes. And then we've just got to make st- string, which picks up objects. That's cool. What are the things you need to consider when you're trying to make a hand? How far the fingers are apart, I guess, and if they can bend fully. And has that been your favourite task so far? Or have oh. you done other ones? Or is this the only one you've done? This is the only task we've done. So Okay. And have you tested your hand? Yeah. How did it go? It picked up two out of the four things. So what do you think has been like the main takeaway that you guys have from this session, Jack? Or like from today so far? Is this the first time you've done the science and engineering challenge? Yes, the first time we've done it. Are you having fun? Yeah. Do you think it's made any of you like think differently about engineering? Definitely. Ah, that's cool. What do you think was the most difficult part of your challenge? Definitely the string through the straws making it bend. That was definitely the hardest part. Because is the straw like straight the whole way or did you have to put like bend points in it? Yeah, we have to cut it with scissors and make bend points. Okay, so Jasmine, what do you think was your favourite part of the challenge you did? I like the part how when we tested at the end, 
like all the other teams like cheer for you and it's kind of cool so Caitlin what do you think has been your favorite thing or the most challenging thing which comes to mind my favorite part's probably how my team actually started to work together a little bit and we started using paper to make better shapes than we were before that's really really great so thanks for talking to us folks and um good luck with the rest of the challenge thanks thank you and you're listening listening to to that's That's what what i I call call science. science You're listening to That's What I Call Science, and we're coming to you from the Science and Engineering Challenge. I'm joined by two students. So, Iris, can you please introduce yourself and who's with us and what school you're from? Hello, I'm Iris, and this is Owen, and we are both Year 10 students from Clarence High School. Awesome. So, Iris, why did you guys decide to, well, why did you decide to do the Science and Engineering Challenge? Um, I chose to come as I think it's a really amazing experience to come and you get to kind of interact with other students um, from other schools and even from your own school in different teams and have a lot of fun and um, just get a lot of skills out of it. And what, have you done it before? Uh, yes, I did it last year in year nine. Okay, so this is the second time and yes. only time, isn't it? Because it's only year nine and year ten. Yes. So that's good you're getting one more round yeah. in. Awesome. And oh, and so what task have you been doing today? So I've been doing the bridge build, which is an all-day activity where we are trying to create a bridge to push a little cart along and every time the cart makes it across, we add a weight to it until it snaps. Oh, is it sad to see your bridge snap, it's do you gonna think? It's going to be really sad. <laughs> <laughs> so Iris, what have, task have you been doing? So we've been working on the hovercraft activity. Ooh. So we've been building a hovercraft with a few different... Um, like tick boxes so whether we want to get like hover or like the best height or distance and there's also a um task i'm pretty sure where we have to get it through like a course as well so it's been really really good to try and um problem solve a few of those things working on that so what materials are you using to build a hovercraft um, so we're using like a like plastic garbage bags as a the base of it and then a lot of balsa wood um and we've got some little motors and things like that as well to kind of make it move so how does it hover so we've done the bag on the base basically and we've brought it up around the motor so that should blow it up I guess enough to get it to hover and then we've got the little fan type things in the back to make it move in a direction forward hopefully. So are you guys prioritising being really good at one thing? Yes, we decided rather than trying to spend too much time aiming for the all-round kind of perfect one, tick all three boxes, we decided to focus on one and try and get the highest score in that rather than trying to get lower Which scores. one did you pick? So we decided to go with hover. So we're trying to get the best height, hopefully. And why did you pick that? To go, um, we decided that would probably be more achievable under the time limit rather than trying to go for something that is going to be agile and fast as well with the course and those types of things. Yeah. So, Owen, what have you enjoyed most about the challenge? It's just a really good day where you get to test your knowledge, meet new people and just have a really good time but while still learning. Yeah, it's just a really positive way of learning. That's heaps of fun. That's good. Do you think it's made you think any differently about like science and engineering? Very much. So I kind of came in last year, kind of thinking I might want like a science-based future job, and this has really helped me focus down on the areas I'd like to study and pursue in later years. That's cool. Has it made you think like any differently about bridges? Because like I mean, when I drive over a bridge, I'm like, bridge always to me was just kind of you go over it. That's it. (laughs) <laughs> but now that we're building one, it's quite cool to see, like, the structures and how much you actually have to think about weight and where, like, the weight will move from and at what speed. It's just a really interesting thing to look at. 
That's awesome. And Iris, have you learned anything like in particular that's maybe changed how you think about science, engineering or technology? I've really enjoyed it. I think it's nice because it's sort of um, an out-of-class learning activity, but it kind of gives you that kind of creative outlet rather than like your typical kind of art and those kind of creative outlets. So I really enjoy it for that. And it's been really nice to work alongside some of my um, friends and kind of just get to sort of knuckle down and really learn some skills and communication in particular. And yeah. Would you have thought science was creative before doing this? Not really. I didn't really think I kind of just thought science. didn't really sort of go too far into it, into that. But I think the engineering aspect as well, it really brings in that kind of creative space where you can really sort of experiment and have a lot of fun. And do you think it's changed like whether or not you want to do science afterwards? Definitely. I think it's definitely opened up my ideas to what's out there and what uh, may interest me. I think I a bit more, uh, didn't really know what was out there as much and now it's kind of broadened my horizon and really yeah I'd love to get further into that that's awesome so lastly do you think you're going to win the challenge definitely very much hopefully yes <laughs> awesome I'm keen to find out the outcome okay thanks so much you're, you're listening, listening to, to that's, that's what, what I call science, science. You're listening to That's What I Call Science, and today we're talking to some awesome students at the Science and Engineering Challenge. So, who am I joined with? Uh, I'm Roland. This is Monica and Charlie, and we're from Woodbridge Awesome. So, can you please tell me what task you've been doing today, Roland? Uh, I've been doing the Bridge Challenge. Great. And what task have you been doing, Charlie? I've done Confused Communications. Confused? Oh, really? Okay, that sounds really interesting, (laughs) considering we are a radio show. And Monica, what have you been doing? I have been doing a TASWorks task. I forgot the name of it, but it's basically working out the balance between loads of energies. Wow, that sounds really complex. So <laughs> what, like break that down a bit further for me. What is like the end goal you're trying to achieve? So one side has light switches that we have to turn on and off while the others turn switch dials to try and match the loads to make sure it's balanced. Oh, so is it like an energy network so yeah. that you don't want the network to switch out? Yes, Cool. if you go too high or too below a certain... So you'll get a number where you have to get that load. If you go less than that load or too high from that load, you have to basically restart all over again. Oh, wow. So what kind of skills were really important for that challenge? Communication is a really big key one for that. And being very gentle with the dials. If you do them too far one way, it kind of ruins the whole thing. And do you think it's changed any of your like ideas or like things about how science or engineering actually are? It's definitely changed my output on it. So I didn't know that so much went into one little thing because normally I just think, oh, I get power from this person. They've done this, this and this. But knowing some of the steps and knowing that it isn't just a straightaway thing, it takes time. And that's why some of our answers would be wrong. But just because it was such a late timing, I guess. So Roland, what task have you done today? Uh, we did the bridge. So yeah, I think we just had to work as a team a lot mm-hmm. and try and listen to each other's ideas and not like talk over the top of each other because like sometimes people get really set in an idea and they're trying to make it happen and everyone else is like, no, we have a better idea and stuff. How has it been trying to navigate that teamwork? It's all right. I mean, we're all pretty like we're all friends and stuff, so it's not like it's that bad. But yeah, just sometimes you see like someone trying to say something again and again and no one's hearing them and you're trying to like tell them to listen to the person and stuff. That's good. So you think like that kind of open dialogue and hearing everybody's mm. ideas has been really important? Yeah. That's awesome. And Charlie, tell me more about what you've been doing because that sounds really interesting. Well, we each team had a little box with three colours and three buttons and we had a black curtain over it and the other side would have one as well. 
and we had to send one colour over to the other person and each colour means a different thing. But we only got the symbols so we had to match the colours ourselves and they can't talk during it and they send, for instance, me send six colours and I have to try and decode it and we get marked on how well we got the message in the end. So how did you go about trying to make these like code or communicate these challenges? Well, when we started, we had just had a look at all the code, all the symbols and made a simple one for each. But as long as we went, there were more and more symbols. We had to make it a bit more complicated. But we found the harder ones easier to do since we had a rule for it. Even though there was more, there was a rule so we could just stick to that. So that was like a predefined rule or a rule you came up with as a team? A rule we came up with as a team. Ooh, what was the rule? Um, we had capital letters and non-capital letters for it, and one red meant A, but we couldn't do capital or not. So if we sent a white signal before and then a red meant a capital A and if no white, that meant just lowercase a. Oh, so you were using like the signals to send a message. Mm. That's really cool. And then, so have you already been tested? We did. We put in our... We got scored as long as we went, but we didn't get a total one, but we did get the last one all correct, which was pretty cool. That's cool. So you were able to like communicate the thing the right way between yeah. the two of you, the message. That's very cool. So Monica, has this like changed? What was the most difficult part of your challenge? Definitely timing, because if you flipped a switch too late or too early, it messes up the whole thing. So... That communication, as I mentioned earlier, is a really key point to doing this activity correct. And Roland, has this changed any of your like preconceptions of like engineering or bridges? Yeah, it's kind of weird thinking about like trying to get the different designs that do the best with the least weight and materials and stuff like that. So why was it important to use the least amount of materials? Well, you just don't get much really and you have to make it count. So if you use something, you can't use it for something else. Oh, that's interesting. Um, and then, so Charlie, has this changed any of your like preconceptions of science or engineering? Definitely. I always have a vision like science and stuff being not as practical as it is, but having done it now, I can see that there's a lot more to science than just thinking about equations and stuff. Okay, thank you very much, Woodbridge. Good luck for the rest of the day. I hope your challenges go well. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. You're, You're listening, listening to That's, That's What I Call Science. science. You're listening to That's What I Call Science from the Science and Engineering Challenge. So my name's Neve Chapman. I'm joined with some awesome students. Awesome students, please introduce yourselves. Um, I'm Alicia. I'm Hayley. And we're from Oatlands District High School. Great. And what year are you in? Uh, we are year 10. So what do you think are some of the most fun things that you've done as part of the challenge so far? Maybe more of the hands-on stuff. It's quite fun for us. What kind of team challenges have you experienced? Really just like putting our minds together and just thinking of how we're going to do it. We did have a few arguments about it, but <laughs> we, we got around it. That's good. Awesome. Okay. Hi, how are you? Please tell me who you are and what school you're from. I'm Samuel. I'm Charlotte and we're from Oatlands. So what challenge, have, what task have you been doing today? Grasping at straws, the bionic hand one. Okay, cool. That's fun. And what have you been doing? Um, I've been doing a railroad one. A railroad one. So I haven't heard of that one yet. What does I'm that include? I'm not sure the name, but um, you have different towns and you have to connect them all with one piece of string that's a certain length and you can't miss any. That's cool. And Samuel, what kind of things have you had to think about for making the hand? Where to put the fingers. Where it's to really put them? It's really hard. Why? 
Um, because if you put them in the wrong place, they kind of they just don't fold properly, and they you end up with your thumb over your your pointer finger and your pinky. <laughs> So it's quite hard to, when you're pulling the strings together to make sure they yeah. all come together properly. See, we just take that for granted. So what do you think has been um, your favourite part of the challenge so far? Probably just doing it with my teammate. I think it was cool to learn about it and to together. Yeah. And do you think that there's anything, Charlotte, that you, has changed your mind about like science and engineering since taking part? Yeah, how difficult it actually can be. And the, all the small things that go into it. What would you say is the main thing that you've learned today, Samuel? How a bionic hand works. <laughs> That's pretty honest. cool. So do you think that it makes you think about how like your hand works as well? Yeah, um, I draw a lot, so I have to think about how the hands work. And even this surprised me. And I learned more today than I have ever, I think, about hands. That's cool. And... Alicia, do you think you've been surprised by anything you've learned or like it's changed any, like the creativity side of the problem solving has changed any of your attitudes to science and engineering? Yeah, well, knowing it's more difficult than and than you think, doing it in school, you don't realise how hard the hands-on stuff is. Mm-hmm. So the challenge is very intriguing for me. So it kind of makes me want to do science when I leave school. Mm. And how is that different to like the type of science you do in the classroom? Um, well, that's more online and not hands-on. So. Yeah. yeah. And Charlotte, do you think that it's different doing science in like a setting like this than in the classroom? Yeah. In the classroom, it's sort of we don't get to work in groups and teams. We're here, we work in teams and it's so much different to there. What do you think the main benefit of working in a team is? Um, hearing everyone's ideas and getting different ideas and just learning more from other people. Awesome. Okay, well, thank you very much. Best of luck for the rest of the challenge. You're listening to That's What I Call Science from the Science Engineering Challenge, and we're here with the organiser, Susie. So tell me a little bit about why it's important to run something like the Science Engineering Challenge. The challenge aims to inspire students to achieve their best, to raise their aspirations, to see how interesting uh, STEM subjects are and to encourage them to continue in the enabling sciences for year 11 and 12. Uh, so the, sci- uh, the chemistry, the physics, the maths, um, your basic science- sciences, uh, to keep all their options open. So that um, you know, the world is has so many options within STEM careers, and even things that you don't think are STEM careers actually have a lot of STEM background in them. So we're encouraging students to just keep their options open by studying those subjects and just see what what the world opens up to them. And what are some of the things that you think like the students learn or get out of this event? The importance of teamwork, for one thing, working together and problem solving, thinking outside the square. Uh, and for a lot of them, this will be their light bulb moment that they can actually apply the skills that they've got, even if they didn't think that they were sort of STEM-oriented sort of people, that the skills that they've got um, can be applied to science. And it may just be that moment that makes them think, hey, I can actually do this and I can follow um, that career pathway. Uh, and they, it may never have occurred to them before. And anecdotally, we get 
students enrolling into the University of Tasmania who have said that coming to the Science and Engineering Challenge was that pivotal time in their school life that they realised that they could do this. Do you think you've seen like that light bulb moment happen? I have. I have. And I have some, I've, I've had students come up to me um, when they are graduating engineering. A student came up to me and said, I want to thank you. I came to the Science and Engineering Challenge and it was that event that has put me on this pathway and I'm graduating engineering today and that never even occurred to me that that could be a possibility for me. That's awesome. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me, Susie. I know you must be really busy. It's been a pleasure. I'll get back to it. Thanks so much. So you're listening to That's What I Call Science from the Science and Engineering Challenge and I'm joined with teacher Emma Stubbs. So what te- school do you teach at? Uh, so I'm a teacher at Montrose Bay High School. Great. And we spoke to some of those students. They seem to be getting a lot out of the challenge. What do you think the students get out of it or why did you sign the school up to taking part? Uh, I've taken part in the challenge before as a student and also as a teacher. So we've Montrose has been involved for five years now. Uh, It's really important. It gives them a different opportunity and it opens up possible career pathways that they might not have thought of before. When you think back to when you took part as a student, like what kind of memories come to mind? Mostly I remember the the team stuff. So being able to choose a team and working together to problem solve something. Yeah, so did the students get to decide like what task they're going to do and who's going to be on their team? Uh, we do. We let them choose their own teams um, and then we usually assign them to the task. Yeah. And then what kind of decisions go into deciding who does what task? Like are you playing to their strengths or pushing them out of their comfort zone? Usually we want to give them a bit of a range. So if they're doing a problem-solving task in the morning, we want them doing a building task in the afternoon. With our ones that are all-day events, we usually open that up to volunteers. So, for example, the bridge build, the team really wanted to have another crack at it this year. Yeah, that's really nice. And what kind of impacts do you think the challenge has for students? I really see a bit of a growth in confidence with our students um, working as a team. And I particularly like the fact this year we've actually got a bigger female contingent than male. So that's actually a really nice thing to, to see coming through. Is there anything that you think surprises you in the way the students respond at the challenge or the way that they tackle it? Yeah, it's really nice to actually give them the opportunity to show like their resilience and watching them attempt a challenge and then maybe not do so well, but then modifying the design, improving it and just seeing how they can deal with and cope with that sort of change and stress yeah and you said that the school have been taking part for a while now mm-hmm. do you notice like afterwards students actually changing their attitude to science mm. I think it's really important to show them the engineering side of science often our kids might think our oh, science thinking of chemistry biology but actually getting them to think about the engineering side and it is actually a real pathway for them so that's been really positive that's awesome. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me. No problem. And I uh, hope you enjoy and hope more Motronist does well. Thank you. This program was made possible with support from the Community Broadcasting Foundation. Find out more at cbf.org.au. You've been listening to That's What I Call Science, brought to your station and across the nation via the Community Radio Network. You can find That's What I Call Science on all major podcast streaming services and social media platforms. Like and subscribe for on-demand science updates from the team. 
That's what I call science is proudly recorded in Tasmania at Edge Radio. Head to edgeradio.org.au for more information on how you can support community radio. GemMaker are a proud sponsor of That's What I Call Science. GemMaker provide expert advice, services and training to commercialise new knowledge and technologies. Go to gemmaker.com.au for more information.